and welcome to the February 1st edition of the TetraCast, 2014 edition of the TetraCast. My name is Zach Reese. I'm your host. Join us today. It's a little bit of a short crowd today. It's David Kornberg <laughs> and Adam Vitali. Hey, where's Simon anyway? Simon. He's at parties everywhere. He doesn't mean to offend anyone, but he's going to be gone for this episode, so he's not going to, he's not making an appearance today. He's, yes, apparently we've heard he's a party animal he's at work. He's being offensive. So. No, he's a very offensive person, yeah, so. Well, <laughs> sorry to say he won't be making it this time, but, uh, filling the gap, we'll be talking about a lot of stuff on this episode. Um, of course, we just recently announced on the site our game, our picks for the 2000, ah, I can't talk. <laughs> Someone, uh, David, take over. Me? All right. Yes. We just announced our picks for the... Uh, hold on. What are we doing? <laughs> That's great. That's, <laughs> I'm not a good host. Off, we just announced the picks for the 2014-2013 RPG no, no, really, of the year stuff. No, no you, you really screwed it up. <laughs> yes, 2013 Game of the Year, RPGs of the Year by category. And so we're going to talk about that, of course, because... Um, we spent a lot of time on that one, so we're pretty proud about what we chose. Um, so we'll definitely be discussing that. Also, we'll kind of talk about a little of the games that we personally enjoyed this past year. Um, surprisingly, there's a, there was a ton of RPGs that came out this past year. I mean, obviously, you can only choose so many for, this, for the awards, but um, I'm sure you guys have your own eclectic tastes for what you enjoyed a lot this year. I mean, probably... I'm sure you guys, I've, I've been hearing a lot what you guys have been playing. It's a lot of old stuff, too, so we'll kind of delve into that a little bit, too. But also, um, 2014 uh, is going to be a gigantic year for RPGs, just based on this list that we have been building. We've been building um, and posting news about it. I mean, there's been announcements this past week, um, so it's going to be huge. And so we're going to talk about that, of course. But um, first things first, of course, let's kind of look back a little bit and talk about what we decided on are for the 2013 RPGs of the year. So let's take a look at this list that we have up. Um, and if you guys haven't seen it yet, definitely check it out. Um, uh, it's, you know, like I said, we put some good work into it, so we want to um, let you guys know that we that we did think a lot about how we wanted to choose between these categories. It took, so, a, it took quite a bit of deliberation to come to our decision. Oh, yeah. Just, a, lot uh, of, a lot of choking, a lot of, hearted. like, anger. Yeah. Fist cuts, <laughs> almost. A lot of right. fighting, a lot of, uh, lot of strife. Name-calling, everything. Yep. A lot of finger-wagging, a lot of... <laughs> it was... That's the thing. It's obviously, I mean, it's it's the thing with any RPG is that, you know, everyone here has different tastes, and so trying to focus in on all these different genres and trying to figure out which is the best, especially because Handel's had a big year, you know? Yes. Like... I mean, like everyone here has has a handled system, yeah. right? Oh yeah. Yeah. So I mean, I have a I have a Vita, but like, like David, what handles do you own? Uh, I have a 3DS. I recently got a Vita, like uh, I think like late December. I don't remember something like that. Yeah. Oh really? Oh okay. Well, yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I have both handheld systems, and you know, when I was going through my, uh, you know, I ranked the top ten games that I played this year, not just RPGs, but you know, the top five of them happen to be handheld games, and it's just a lot of there's a lot of cool games on there, and mm-hmm. a lot of our and a lot of our RPG sites lists are on handhelds. Exactly, it's it's it seems to really be coming on its own. I mean, you're talking about two systems where a couple of years ago, everyone was you know 
fire and brimstone about it. You know, they were talking down about these systems. And, you know, uh, I'm sure we were, we were among those people kind of questioning about that, hey, too. But, I was never among um, those people. I was always <laughs> a DS guy. Like, Back in 2005, I was a DS guy. That, that's the thing is that, you know, but, uh, 2005, I'm trying to remember, like, where the DS was at. It at was that point. shit. It had, yeah. like, something. That's like it's, it had. That was before the um, DS kind of mini games took off. Yeah. yeah. Once it took off, though, it got a lot of games. Oh my god! It's it's got like it doesn't it have like probably the biggest library. Yes. Like um, a, maybe yeah. I don't know. It's, it's up there for sure because you I mean you go to like a game store and you see like I had there were two walls dedicated to the DS at one point I remember because they had like it was a corner but man that is like halfway down the wall there was DS game ever actually no PS2 still has a beat by like a million or so no I think it actually they just announced like yesterday with the Nintendo Um, financials yeah yeah they announced that it actually passed PlayStation 2 oh shit DS is the biggest ever then neat because it it still costs like well the PlayStation 2 costs it's been it's cost like $100 for a while but isn't like the DS still in production right now? I actually, I, mean, well, I thought they halted production on the DS. I'm not sure though. They like, they only they halted uh, production on the PS2. Like, that's right. It was like I think. Yeah, uh, just like last year, I think it yeah. stopped production. I don't it? know. Well, then, but China opened up to game uh, systems yeah. again, so you yeah. never know. It's it, they got to count those two. You got like, like obviously like a billion people in China, <laughs> so it's got to yeah. got to kind of balance that out. For sure. Yeah, I don't know. It might be hard to track if we get into the development issues. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, but then you know, it's it's obvious that uh, those systems did really well. Yeah. But yeah, it's really you got to wait a couple years with any system. Um, the, and uh, yeah. I'm speaking obvious here, but it's it's pretty amazing how these systems have kind of launched themselves off. So yeah, it's it's great. Um, got a lot of games this year, and so let's kind of focus in then um, on the games we chose. So. Coming off the top of the list here, we um, are well with the new site. We've been kind of expanding our definition of the RPG. I mean, as everyone has been lately, trying to figure out what games we can cover. That um, even if it's light, um, should we it's still it's should we talk about that? Because I mean, we didn't I, have I think in January, so I think it's kind of a never-ending conversation. What is an RPG and what's not an RPG, and what elements Steps. are needed to, to make it an RPG? You know, so it's it's definitely a conversation that uh, I don't think will be ending anytime soon. Yeah, yeah. I, I I will always make the argument that Zelda is indeed an RPG, <laughs> even if a lot of people don't like to put that in the same field. It's like it's got quests. You got a town you can visit. You talk with NPCs. You roam around in battle. It's like you, are, you get new equipment. Yeah. You have skills and all kinds of stuff. It's like what part of that does not fit an RPG? You know, people are so traditional about it. I think the know? argument That's there would like, be that there are no like stats or things like that, other than like hearts that you get. That's about yeah. it. <laughs> but I mean, like, yeah, but you do upgrade like your your weapons and armor. You can buy and sell items and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So it's like it's it's. But you know. Obviously, there's a lot of entries in Zelda. It's like Zelda 2, obviously, was complete RPG right there. But then you look at some of the more recent ones, it's... You, you could say, like, like you it's a light a RPG, stuff. something like that. Because well, it has we, very light RPG elements. Yep, and in our RPG side awards, we called it a tangential RPG. 
uh, whatever that and means. It was, <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's weird. kind of, it kind of tiptoes the line of what is an RPG, and so I guess that's where we get the term tangential from. And yeah, uh, there were a couple of games that were kind of, I guess, maybe not in the conversation because this was one of the awards that was, I think, decided relatively quickly. But I know there's yeah. Vogue Legacy. I know there was uh, since our since the site covers. Uh, uh, visual novels and things like that. I know uh, Ace Attorney was at least thrown around, but we pretty yeah. quick yeah we pretty quickly uh, I think decided that uh, uh, Zelda: Link Between Worlds was our best tangential RPG. Exactly. I mean, and you can also throw games like um, Sleeping Dogs and Shenmue and Yakuza and stuff. Games like that where it's like it's not quite there, but you know um, it's got some of that stuff that would make. RPG fans happy. So that, yeah, definitely, we, we pretty much decided quickly, as you said, that, um, Zelda would be the winner for that award. And, um, as I put Rogue Legacy on there, I, 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 um, I personally really enjoyed Rogue Legacy. And it did have some of those elements, like, you know, you, you have all these different, um, randomly generated, um, character classes that you kind of jump into, and then you have dungeons that you can explore and bosses to fight and stuff like that. So I, I, I felt it kind of fit that too, but definitely Zelda, for sure. And David, you played Zelda too, yes, right? Yes, I did. Yeah, as you said, um, you told us before, I should say. Um, so, uh, uh, what were your feelings about Zelda, personally? Uh, I liked it a lot. I liked the rental system. I liked. Uh, I, I thought the dungeons never overstayed their welcome. They were they were brief, but not like super short. That like I, I like the. Uh, the idea of not having to, of not having to like search around the dungeon for just for a weapon you, you have more focus in them mm-hmm. uh i i love the the shifting into walls mechanic that was awesome that was surprisingly you know clever how they used it you know when, oh, yeah. you, when that when that mechanic was first revealed you're just kind of like or at least i was like what really that seems you know silly or you know, know. Work, I, what, what can it what can i do with this anyways i, I wasn't you know yeah. I thought I they had a vision even back then. So I, I well, don't know. I, I was just I, I was a little bit confused yeah. what they were going to do with it, like, and what mm-hmm. could be done with it. But then they had some really neat puzzles, uh, both yeah. in the dungeons and on the overworld, how you can explore things uh, with the uh, with that wall mechanic, kind of getting to how do you get to this ledge way over here? Like, you just go on the wall and other puzzles like that. So that that was surprisingly clever how they used it. Yeah, they're fun. Uh, yeah, I was the one who wrote the review for the game on RPG site, and I gave it an eight, which is a good score. So I, I don't think anyone, you know, bought about the score or anything. But I, I really did like the game. Um, and to me, the the, the, th- the thing that the game did best, in my opinion, was the overworld, uh, especially when you're coming off of like uh, Twilight Princess or Skyward Sword, which are 3D games, so they're a little different. Where one had a very kind of bare and not much new yeah. overworld, and one was very <laughs> that being Twilight Princess, um, and then Skyward Sword, which was kind of very streamlined and really wasn't even an overworld. The, the areas were kind of segmented. I never, I never but anyways, uh, a link between worlds. Uh, after a couple of introductory, you know, like moments in the game, you pretty much are just given free reign. Like, okay, uh, you have to do, you have to save the sages, kind of like. Link to the past and go. Yeah, that's all they say. And so you basically have the whole overworld to explore. And because you can get any item you want, basically relatively early on, you know there really isn't a place you're supposed to go first and a place you're supposed to go second or anything like that. 
you can. That's what I've heard is that you kind of, as soon as you start, you can kind of go wherever. Um, <laughs> although, I mean, Link to the Past kind of had that, of course, but at at some point, you know, you were kind of like you needed to go here to get the Master yeah. Sword, then you got to go to the Dark World and all this stuff. So it's it was a little more direct at that point. But I hear this one is kind of more free free range. Is yep. that it? Is yeah, that it's it? probably. And that was, the, and that was most... the best part about the game. The best aspect of it. And I think a lot of people really appreciated uh, that that I guess shift in that shift in structure, especially coming off of more recent Zelda games, where uh, I know people did kind of there has been some criticism about the hand holding and the the relatively streamlined nature it's, of it. It's very Zelda's always been a very easy game. Yeah. So, seeing as, as, uh, do you notice any kind of difficulty in the game itself in Link Between Worlds? Uh, I think Link Between Worlds was also fairly simple. Uh, in terms of its difficulty, um, it's it's once you get you know a couple of hearts from beating some of the early kind of cake dungeons, I think it was it's pretty difficult to find yourself struggling. In any case, now the game does have oh. a, a a higher difficulty mode called Hero yeah. Mode. Yeah, uh, it's it's locked to a second playthrough, which is a little disappointing that you kind of have to beat the game yeah. first before you can get to it. Especially if you played the first one, yeah. And especially <laughs> like games like Wind Waker, which came out this year as well, kind of unlocked that from the beginning, a similar yeah. mode. Uh, so uh, it was a. It, I would say that it's still an easy game. So if you're looking for a more difficult Zelda game, this may not be the. This might not have that for you, but. That's not really. I mean, it's as as much people want the difficulty. That's not really what the Zelda series has been about. It's more like it's the experience of gently easing into this expensive world and you know the, in the music too i've heard there's a lot of remixes oh, yeah. um link to the, the past music in that soundtrack oh yes it, if, if you're a fan of a link to the past there's some lot basically every song has been remixed and most of them for the better i think a lot of the songs are very very well done uh remixed in this game all right so yeah and uh, like we mentioned that one for this i can't pronounce it is it Tangential? Is that how it's pronounced? I don't know why we chose that word. Tangential. Um, but t- tangential. Oh, yes. Why is there an I in there? I don't know. <laughs> it's, they just make it complicated, you know, English. All right. So, um, and then with that, I mean, uh, kind of go down the list a little bit because, you know, there was that big one right there. But um, the game that won a couple of the awards here, uh, Nino Kuni, uh, won Best Big Screen and Best Writing. And so, which I think was very well-deserved. Unfortunately, it did not win Game of the Year, but it's, you know, it's, it's my runner-up. But that's, like, speaking personally about it, you know, it's like I'm a huge anime fan, so watching, like, growing up watching Studio Ghibli films, like, ever since I was a kid with the family and stuff like that, watching Princess Mononoke and um, Spirit Away and all these uh, great classic anime, anime movies, it's, it was great to see something like that happen where you have this amazing, legendary um company, um, this studio, were teaming up with one of the biggest RPG companies in Japan to create this game, and, um, and David, you wrote the you wrote the review for the, the game, of yep. course, and we'll be pushing that to the site very soon to promote that, but the, that, and you wrote, you, you did the uh, blurb about the, um, the writing, yes, so, like, so did you really get that Studio Ghibli, did you... Did you watch the movies as much as I did? You know, I actually have not seen that many Studio Ghibli films. Yeah, really? I've, really? I've seen Princess Mononoke. I wasn't paying attention to it at all because I was because <laughs> I was an in, why not? I was an incredibly ADHD kid. So, uh, <laughs> I saw shit. What the hell did I see? 
Pompoco? I did not. Uh, there's one. Uh, I, you know what I saw I that I liked on. that that a lot of people don't tell me it's don't, don't tell me it's what what is it? A lot of people don't even associate this with Studio Ghibli because it's not Miyazaki. I'll give you. Can you guess it? Grave of the yep. Fireflies. Yeah, really? Grave of the Fireflies. <laughs> Why is it? I could only see that movie once. I could never see that movie <laughs> no, again. I, I keep meaning dramatic. to have a Studio Ghibli marathon, but I keep getting sidetracked. But anyway, uh, I mean, I did get the feeling of, of of Studio Ghibli based on the trailers I've seen of them. So yeah, it's, it's well, a very whimsical world. It's a very uh, it's very charming. Where where the writing isn't supposed to be offensive at all. It's just uh, it it's very like simple but not simplistic plots. If that makes sense. Like yeah, it's there's some there's some subtle depth to them. There's some good stuff going on that isn't meant to really be uh it's meant it's meant to be accessible to a wide array of audiences wide range yeah and 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 what they always do very well in my opinion is that they develop very likable characters you know characters that you actually care about people that you can relate to they're not they're always kind of grounded in reality like all their movies have been like that you know it's like you got my neighbor totoro you got the two kids you got um uh, I'm thinking like all the other movies that I can well, think of. Um, well, I never, I, I haven't played Nino Kuni, although I do plan to get to it, and nor have I seen a Studio Ghibli movie. We'll get back to that. Uh, what? Right. I just, I don't watch a lot of movies. And, You'll see. Okay, that. Anyways, I, 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 eventually. But anyways, just from what I've seen in Nino Kuni, like just from you know how it was marketed. You know, a lot of RPGs and I think games in general, they try to be cool and they try to be edgy, and then sometimes it just doesn't. It comes off kind of laughable when they try to do that, or Nino Kuni yeah. doesn't, you know, doesn't try to be, you know, you know, edgy or uh, anything like that. It, you know, it definitely has that tonality uh, of the more charming, and uh, you can just tell that by the music and the animation. Even though I haven't played a second of the game, uh, I kind of have a feeling. Well, just from the trailers and the, you know, the little anime scenes, a couple of them that they've shown, you know, just the music. Yeah. It's colorful. It's bright. You know, it's not dark, and uh, the 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 music is you know kind of cheery. Uh, so it, it just it it just seems that it's got that lighthearted feel to it, which I think uh, most games you know don't even attempt that because they want to be cool and to varying effects. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> or on the subject absolutely. of music, Joe Hisashi has really made something great there. Yeah, he did an amazing job. You know, it's like a, it's it's a it's fantastic that they were able to get the guy who's basically doing a lot of their of pseudo Ghibli's music yeah. over the years. You know, being able to bring him in and create this amazing soundtrack that you know kind of you know brings the whole experience home. Yeah. So that that was definitely a pretty great time. You know, and and the best part I think about Nino Kuni for me anyway was that it felt like I was kind of. It sounds kind of lame, but it sounds like I was like a kid again. You know, it felt like I was um, on like on a summer break, like as a kid, and playing this game, kind of sitting down, just completely getting myself absorbed to this experience. And no point did I want to stop playing that game. I mean, I sucked up so much time into this. I was doing. I'm not a completionist by any means. You know, usually it's that I start a game, play it through the main story pretty much, and I'm about done. You know, it's it's not because I don't. Like the game, it's more that, you know, it's either I don't have enough time to kind of get myself in that experience, or that um, the side stuff is kind of like, well, whatever, I don't really care about this weird random side quest. But here, 
I actually went out of my way to want to do all these quests because you can see all these amazing different parts of the world. You could, um, all, the great thing is about the fact that this is kind of like a monster catching game like Pokemon, but this is a lot more about, um, taking these monsters. Obviously you evolve them and stuff like that, but like I wanted to find all these different monsters, get them into my group, train them, and it's, there was a lot of motivation to play this game and the fact that you have everything wrapped up into this amazing Studio Ghibli experience with level fives amazing ability to take this cell shading technology that not many people use that much nowadays. I mean, obviously they used it like with Wind Waker and such, but nowadays you don't see it too much. But with this, they came off with one of the most amazing looking games, you know, like playing this on a big screen. It just blows your mind how beautiful everything looks. Exactly. And, and that's, that's why I got completely caught up in the experience. You know, it's, it's not going to win the award for like the most like, theatrical like uh it's it's like it's like a shakespeare play or something like that it's not gonna have like the most uh, complex writing and stuff like that that people want from some rpg it's not really text heavy there's even like the only thing i can knock against the game is that this doesn't have like a ton of voice acting in it but that's that's kind of brings me back i think there's a problem with the localization more than anything else that's that that's part of it for sure um because i I think a lot of scenes that were cut out in terms of being voiced in the in the North American version, where they were voiced in the Japanese version. Yeah, it's it's obviously contracts passing and stuff uh, like yeah. that. But at, at the same time, it's that because um, I was so caught up in um, kind of reliving the way I used to be. Like I played a ton of games in like middle school and high school, a ton of RPGs, oh, stuff yeah. like that. And like all those, you know, there was no voice yeah. acting. Um, it's uh, I love Final Fantasy IX. There's not a, a a moment of voice acting in that game, but it's that you cared a lot about these characters, like I said, and, and you know, that the writing for what it was um, was very good. I loved the White Witch story. You know, it, 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 that happened at the end of yeah, the game. Yeah, that was great. Much, but it's, it definitely was very, it hooked me in, and that's what I, I could say the best thing about that game. That's why I'm glad we at least gave them those awards. I know there are murmurs about, I don't know how founded they are, of a potential sequel I've, yeah, uh, uh, they said a sequel. They said uh, it could be coming to the beta. I mean, you know, it sold pretty well, so I would imagine. Yeah, yeah, I think Definitely. the latest in North American numbers, it's several hundred thousand, which is pretty good for a big screen RPG these days. It's its yeah. greatest and, hits, and, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, and, and it's and it's you know, and a lot of people were talking about it on Twitter, you know, like and on any social media begin the year. A lot of people were talking about that game, and it's it's very encouraging to see that. In, in, a, in a good light, oh, yeah. you know, it's uh, people. Uh, I never saw any like really people bad mouthing this game. I mean, people sure had their I've, qualms I've about the bad mouthing it. It's the, it's the people that are bad mouthing it. It's more that they're not happy about how traditional it can be sometimes well, and how it can be kind of grindy yeah, and stuff I, like that. Most, most of the criticisms but, I've seen, again, I haven't played the game, are battle system related. I haven't seen people criticize, you know, the the characters or the you know, the tone or anything of that, see, which is what we were talking no. about. See, I actually yeah. have seen people criticize the story, and this is actually a criticism I have. There's there's a good part of it where it's like, a, it feels like a lot of empty space where just not a lot is happening. Like, like filler? Yeah, like filler. I mean, again, the way, it, it starts off great, it ends great, but, I mean, I do think there's a... a like with any RPG, yeah, yeah the but middle I mean, parts can more so here. Like, there's a pretty decent chunk in the middle where there's... Not really much going on, and there's a lot of like fetch quests and stuff it's, like that. 
But but no, yeah, I, he, the, yeah. another the criticism I see a lot is the pathfinding in battle, which is like a like a lot of people hmm. say that this is exactly what they expect out of level five because apparently level five isn't really that good at combat, which I I disagree with. But that's uh, yeah, when it's not their Rogue Legacy was alright with the and, combat. And also the I, I AI, which I agree with. The AI is not very good. They, I, I mean, even, even with... The, There's some cheap battles in there, though. <laughs> some pretty cheap battles, like that genie. That was a pain in the ass, I remember. Yeah. But, um, yeah, no, it, 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 like I said, it's, it's found, it, it's, it, you can completely... And that's, uh, and that's I, I can completely understand where someone's coming yeah. from. When it comes to something like that, it's like I said, it's it's a very traditional game, and that's kind of what they set out to do. And yes, the middle parts are kind of uh, meddling. It's 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 definitely got a lot of filler, but that's that's the same with some of the our yeah, that's the like, same. Persona Four's got a lot of that stuff, so it's that's why the murmur about a sequel, um, you know, gives them another chance to try that and see what they can yeah, come up with. So I hope that does come. Maybe they'll get a, they'll get a following. Maybe someday we'll have a whole awesome series that are like million sellers. Well, I think you know one thing that Nino Kuni has is a more widespread appeal, which definitely helps it. You know, in terms of the business end of it, 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 it makes it makes some sense to make a sequel to it. That's that's the and that's the thing you can talk about with Ghibli, of course, is that they know how to appeal to a wide audience, whether you're an adult or you're a kid. Kind of like the best like Disney movies or something like that, or yeah. Pixar movies. It's like they don't try to pretend that their audience is all a bunch of kids. It's that they have some slightly mature content over here. Like Nino Kuni had some of that stuff too. Obviously, the way the story begins, it's kind of you know catches you like, wow, really? And so that's. It's that's the yeah. kind of thing that you appreciate. This is um, that pregnant that type of content. big woman, mountain woman, or something. What the, the whole section where there's like that mountain woman and she's uh, like giving birth, but it's really weird. The, the fairies. Oh yes, <laughs> I was like, oh yes, they went up into her body. Like yes, I was trying to remember what you were talking. I was like, what do you even? I'm trying to imagine like just a normal. Yeah, no, lady, that, no, that that like whole that whole section was really weird. <laughs> Yeah, that's that was very creepy. But that's uh, so. Let's let's keep moving well, on. I, I, so, figure, I feel we should say that you know, for this is for best writing and for best big screen RPG. I think the, yeah. the, the this was a pretty quick decision that we made. Uh, I think the only the only uh, competition it had was Tales of Zillia or Exilia. Yeah, uh, which a couple of us played. I think a lot of us liked that game uh, in some regards, but had some qualms about it, so Nino Kuni yeah. kind of edged it out. I don't think there really was yeah. much else in terms of big screen RPGs in 2013, was there? Yeah, I've personally not played Tales of Exilia. It's right there on my counter that I'm going to be playing it pretty soon, probably next there, month. But it's, I've, seen, I've, seen enough of that, I've seen a pretty good chunk of that game. My brother played a lot, so I watched him play it, stuff like that. So it's, it definitely looks really good. Uh, it's and it's like none of these choices that we made means like this is much better than the other game. It's that um, for what like for example, Nino Kuni accomplished with its way to seamlessly blend in Studio Ghibli with an with an, uh, a game. I think that for me that kind of pushed it over the top. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Tells like, tells like it looks amazing though. It, uh, that's I liked sure. it. I didn't love it. I liked yeah. it. 
Yeah, so that's, you know, and obviously, Telltale too 2 coming out this yeah, year. That's supposed um, to be really so, good. Especially in, the, yeah. especially in the writing and story. Apparently, it's considered to be one of the best or the best for Tales games. So I, I heard the combat as well. Combat looks kind of like closer to... Looks uh, closer to a straight action game like Devil May Cry or something. It looks, it looks tense. Like intense, yeah, like, like combo-based system kind of thing. It's looks nuts. I'm looking forward yeah. to that one. And that's, you know, like, that's going to be obviously up there when we look at the end of the year, hopefully. But, um, and then kind of keep, keep it going down here because obviously we had a game that dominated a lot of this. So we're, I'm going to keep going. Um, for the best soundtrack, Ease Memories of uh, Salsetta wins that one. Uh, so it's once again this was kind of a, a heated talk between. This might have been the most heated. And, yeah, there was um, a lot of so bad feelings all around. Zach and uh, Liz were heavy supporters of the East soundtrack here, and I liked it a lot as well. But then I my pick personally as well as Simon's was for Shin Megami Tensei Four, which ended up being the runner up. So it took us a while yeah. to come to a decision of which one should be our winner. And the soundtracks are definitely very different. Uh, yeah. So you can't really go wrong with either, I think. But Yeast definitely has the more upbeat, higher tempos, kind of the music that you're used to with Yeast soundtracks. Uh, lots, yeah, lots of electric yeah. guitar, um, a lot of violin as well, uh, really up pace uh, tracks. Uh, so especially it... it, uh, cor- it it, it what's the word I'm looking at? It corresponds well with the with the gameplay of the series, uh, yeah. pretty well. It's it's what you come to expect from a Falcon soundtrack. It's that mm-hmm. they um, do a pretty good job of um, bringing a lot of music, a lot of tracks into a game. Where you know, obviously with some RPGs, it's that you got that one dungeon music, that one field music, that one town music that kind of you might hear like a few times throughout the game with the Falcon soundtracks. I mean, obviously with, you know, Megami Tensei games too, um, you get a pretty good at least quantity, quantized uh, number of tracks in the game that, you know, from one place to the next, you hear a brand new tune. And that's that's why that's why it came down one thing, the way it did. One thing I know. think Yeast does well since battles are done on the map and there isn't like a separate arena for your battles is when you're when you're exploring an area you can hear a track basically in long from beginning to the end and of course it'll of course yeah. it'll repeat unlike a lot of RPGs where you're in an area and you'll hear part of the area track and then you know the screen shatters or whatever and you go into the battle <laughs> and then you start, and then you, and hear, then you hear the start of the battle track and you hear that again and again uh, and so you, it kind of you know it, each track is kind of interrupted where you see you don't hear that, it's, it's seamless because the battles are seamless. So I think that definitely helps. Yeah. Uh, one, and, and the tracks are long, right. too. That's, that, that's what helps yeah. it, too. One of my, my favorite track is Ancient Land. Um, I think that's a popular favorite that plays in the mountain areas later in the game. Um, yeah. has a heavy violin part near the, nearing the end of the track, which is my favorite part of it. Um, but, yeah, a lot of these tracks, are they're very melodic uh, and they kind of get your blood pumping as you fight, uh, at least some of them do. But there are a couple of, you know, softer tracks as well during the cutscenes or during the opening. Uh, yeah. So it's, it's not it's not always, you know, a bunch of, you know, these noisy melodic tracks. There's a lot of a lot <laughs> of these softer tracks as well that balance it a bit, which definitely uh, helps the overall package. Yeah, absolutely, and that's and that's the that's the feeling that I got playing a lot too. too. I mean, it's 
it's through and through. It's an action RPG, and so it's got a lot of music in it. It's got a lot of variety to it as well um, that I appreciate. Like you said, um, they kind of jump off from being um, soft, and you know, even some of the more dramatic moments, especially towards the later parts of the game, that they can bring it down a little bit and focus in on the on the scene. So um, Ease, of course, focused more on. Um, as you said, it's it's more about the intensity, it's about the mood and stuff like that. For uh, Shin Megami Tensei 4, well, as you can see about a lot of Megami Tensei games, it's more, um, not so much, yeah. I, I kind of pull back, it's not so much the um, the action going on, it's more, it's trying to set the mood. Yeah, Shin Megami Tensei lot. was my favorite soundtrack. Uh, Zach didn't like it very much. For me, I heard... I admit that it's... Uh, I actually... Actually, like, there, there, are, there are the battle tracks, and then there's kind of, like, all the other tracks in the different parts of the city and whatnot. And they're more rhythmic in nature, kind of like a regular kind of beat, kind of a regular pace, without yeah. much of a melody to them. Uh, that's... Yeah, that's that, that's the thing I, I, I get. It, it's, and for me, it's that um, when I come to soundtracks, it's that... It's music that I really want to hear outside of the game. You know, I don't always need just, you know, just the plain old, like this, uh, it, it only works within context, you know. When I, I listen to both the, the, um, E soundtrack and the Shimigami Tensei soundtrack through, it's, I mean, it's not a, neither of them are balanced, bad soundtracks. It's just for me, it's that when I listen to the Shimigami Tensei soundtrack, uh, there was a good number of them that seemed kind of similar to each other. It was a lot of, like, low-beat, um, uh, as you said, rhythmic kind of, but it felt like it's they were kind of steamy for me. But that's that's not like... It's, I haven't played Shin Mikami Tensei 4. I'm only going off the soundtrack, of course, but that's just how I felt when I listened to it. Um, but uh, it's, it's not bad. It's certainly a lot better than a lot of other crap that came out this year that was a lot worse with the music and stuff yeah, like and that, but it's... That's how I felt. Shin Mikami Tensei is... Um, a lot of their battle music, while some of them I, I liked... Uh, this the series is kind of known for kind of like these chaotic, noisy battle musics where they're they're you know it's it's it is kind of almost like garbage sound for a bit, and it's it's almost intentional. Where is that right? Where they're kind of yeah, low key. Well, they, well, just kind of a lot of a mismatch of sounds in the in the soundtracks, and that's you know it's that's kind of what the experiments. That's kind of what yeah. Shin Megami Tensei is. Uh, they do that a lot, you know, but. And that's that's going from like Shimigami Tensei to like say Persona. Persona is kind of like Ease. It's got more upbeat a little bit. It's it's got more, more like poppy. kind of poppy. Yeah, yeah exactly. Wow. It's like we both thought the same right. thing. And so, <laughs> but that's and that's why you know obviously you. That, that, and that's what it kind of came down to. It's that they're very different kinds of music, and so it's really hard. Just like all these other picks, it's really hard to. Um, kind of come to a consensus about it because they're so different from each other. Especially because you got people who play through the game, enjoy the music and stuff like that. But the, the, like you said, it's it's very different games, you know. And, and, the, and music ones. is, of course, a, one of the most subjective, you know, things out there. Everyone has a different thing yeah. that they tick to. So exactly, and it's and you know, music can deliver an experience where words cannot. So it's it's kind of hard to it's hard to talk about, um, really. <laughs> Exactly, it's 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 it definitely is. But in this case, you know, I, I think that um, there was kind of a move to ease. But that's you know, that uh, I don't think anyone can say bad about either of these soundtracks that much. It's it's they did their job, and that's what I think that we can kind of go away with it. Kind of be <laughs> kind of be lame about it. But let's um, move on to biggest surprise, of course, which is 
a very big surprise, considering just a couple of years ago it was our pick for the most disappointing game of Final Fantasy XIV, A Realming Born. Now, this is coming off someone who kind of followed it along when it when fourteen first launched back in 2010. So the way I understood it was that there was always this core group that was very into Final Fantasy XIV, even when it crashed and burned the way it did. And so the that audience was still around when A Realming Born came back, but it's... It was just so the game itself, like the the story was fine. The game was broken, so incredibly broken. And so to see them turn around in eighteen months and create this amazing experience that's almost completely brand new. Like a lot of it is hand, um, hand like a lot of it is uh, like a lot of stuff in the environment where used to be a lot of like copy paste kind of thing, which is you know a lot of our MMOs uh, do that. It just not. It wasn't under as much scrutiny as 14 got, just because of how much controversy it caused at the time. Anyway, um, you know, people were upset about 13 and stuff like that, so they were trying to find ways to attack, but not for good reason either, though, because Final Fantasy 14 um, had a lot of problems with it, a lot of technical issues, a lot of glitches. The servers were a drag, just kind of like they are right now. But um, there was all these problems going on, and then here comes. Um, Yoshida, it's, it's, uh, here comes uh, Naoki Yoshida, he comes around and takes over producer and completely just turns everything around with the team, you know, and it's it was probably the most um, amazing uh, moments seeing that, seeing uh, like a small a team like that who was very um, transparent, you know, um, very upfront about the problems that faced them. They were being very honest about it, talking about what problems they had before, talking about how the game was rushed out the door, and without them ever kind of thinking about the consequences. I, I which think is, this definitely shows. I think that was the, the great the great way to put it, like how honest they were with the whole thing. Like they they basically admitted, like yeah, we didn't do very good with this first uh, attempt here, so we're going to make it right, and they put a lot of effort into redoing it with this re-release, and yeah. it seems like, now, I haven't played it, uh, MMOs, uh, I might try out the PlayStation 4 version when it comes out. Uh, yeah, it's, it's got a beta free April. Yeah, yeah. Uh, April being the, the full release or whatever, um, but it's, I've seen a lot, you know, of the same storylines, uh, that this is a much, 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 much improved game, uh, it definitely is. It's it's you know. So uh, you played a little bit of it. Yeah, um, I basically played. To be honest, I haven't played as much as like Aaron has. Aaron um, has still plays so much to this day. It blows my mind every time I see the updates. But um, for me, I played um, all the way up to like level thirty, and I, I I put a lot of time into it. You know, it's it's not. I, I still got a, a good chunk of that experience, and and I can I can definitely see. How amazing that it was! You know, seeing all those producer letters and stuff like that, seeing the patch notes, even like this past week, all the great new updates they've been adding in. It's this gigantic game now, and it's it's amazing like all the stuff they have planned for it, and you know they they don't want to hesitate at all. They keep coming up with more things to add to the game to improve the experience. And of course, they're and, bringing you know, out the the console versions to uh, yeah, basically. <laughs> They they really they they spent a lot of effort with this game and they're trying to, you know, show everybody, hey, this is a great game. It's not just an MMO. Everyone says that you can play this single player. Uh, yeah. It's got an amazing single player. Story. Even if you don't like playing with other people online, 
that it's you can play it like a single player game uh, if you want, and to to no disadvantage or little disadvantage maybe, and that it's a great game and not not just a great MMO. Yeah, and that's and coming from me um, where I played a lot of Final Fantasy XI, I put so many years into that game. Going from that to Final Fantasy XIV, it is a million times more approachable. Um, before with XI, I stopped in like 2008, so I'm not too familiar with how XI is nowadays. I mean, they've been like recently XI added a feature where you can actually get NPCs to join you to fight for you. So it's that game's come a long way <laughs> with the way they treat um, people who want to just fight alone. Um, at least when it comes to like real life people, obviously. But in 14, it's that, yes, it's got this amazing, well-developed story that the characters are all very well done. Um, even characters that you wished would appear in other properties as well. So they did a great job there. Um, and then all the environments are very well put together. And so, yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, it's amazing turnaround and, um, for people that didn't get 14 a chance, yeah, as you said, they're going to do um, a console. Uh, it's coming to the PlayStation 4, so they're doing their beta in February, um, late February, where it's um, the PlayStation 4. You don't need to buy the game; you can just jump in, download it, play it yourself. And then it's coming out in April. Um, so I don't have the exact dates or anything like that, but the, it's coming out in April, and you know people are kind of giving it the cold shoulder, shoulder because it's got a subscription. But man. From what I've heard about that game, it's it delivers because like you kind of like kind of think like how what if this game was free to play? What kind of experience would it be? It's like I think that without those subscription um, fees that the company's been getting, that the team's been getting, I don't think they could probably do half of what they've been able to. It's like if if they didn't have that stuff, like I'm sure Final Fantasy XIV and Wonder Born, we would not be talking well about it. I think at this point, not because it, free to play can't work. It's that for all the stuff they had to do with that game to make it decent, it's um, with the promise that they'll have that money there to pay for it. And without the demand of having to develop like items on a weekly basics for a basic uh, weekly basis for an item store or something, it's like I like that they're, they're focusing in on the experience rather than like the surrounding stuff. Yeah, and uh, I guess after with all the. Uh you know, kind of the mixed reactions that the Lightning Returns or that trilogy is getting, and Lightning Returns coming out next year as well. I, th- yeah. I think Final Fantasy XIV: A Realm Reborn uh, is, in in a general sense, a big success story for for Square Enix uh, as of yeah, late. The point to it, yeah. So it's and it's it's, it's funny how they're they're like they're touting it uh, like uh, the, uh, this is amazing story and so they have so many subscribers and stuff like that it's like this is this amazing thing and you know it's like um you hope that they're putting all that success all that money that they're earning from this towards the games that you want to get from them not the games that you don't give a crap about yeah. or like these mobile like these these crappy games you don't want so it's like you hope that they put this money it's like Okay, well, oh, okay, you're doing an amazing job with the Moment Born. Now, can you give us like a new Star Ocean, a new Valkyrie profile, a new Parasite Eve, or something like that? It's, That'd be yeah, nice. Yeah, right? A new Final Fantasy Tactics, please? A new Chrono game? A new Chrono game, yes, please! It's, that's the thing. It's like, it's people, like, try to talk down about these things. It's like, well, you know, they say about how they have these money problems, but I think it's not that you want to give them money to do this. It's like, hey, you well, know. Well, I, well, I think most people would agree that Square is probably in a kind of in a down note right now 
there's the potential, there's a lot of potential that they have uh, that's kind of sitting there. Um, whether it's a, they got the director of Final Fantasy 9 and 12 just sitting off to the sides. You don't know what he's doing right now, so it's like hopefully he's making the next game you want to play. Anyways, uh, in, in a couple of months, I'm sure we'll have a podcast talking about Lightning Returns and talking about this whole thing later. Uh, so I'm, I'm sure, <laughs> yeah. I'm sure we'll be talking about this more. Yeah, I'll probably do a special one on that one. So yeah. there's that. Before but then obviously, let's get. Yeah, look forward to it. Look forward to our reactions. Although we do have a review of Lightning Returns up on the site that you can check out um, for our impressions on that title. But you know, obviously, that's just one person's view, and so we'll hopefully get to what you guys thought too. Um, and so finally, of course, we have the game that dominated a lot of the categories here. Well, I should say just two, but it's the, mo- the two big ones here. Um, we have Fire Emblem Awakening, best handheld. And, of course, our uh, best overall RPG. And so, um, so David, of course, you said you played a ton of Fire Emblem. Oh, yeah. Um, what drew you the most to that game, of course? Well, I've been a Fire Emblem fan since the first one in America, which was, I think, seven. I've Yes. I played, like, I played fan translations of earlier ones and... And, like, I played all the official ones. And I've been a huge fan of the series. I've been a huge fan of, like, the way permadeath is present and how uh, OCD that makes me. (laughs) And, uh, like, like this this is the most streamlined Fire Emblem experience there is. And, like, it's got so much, like, a lot of great stuff for old and new fans, like... uh, like the the new uh like like the way you can just go to uh to skirmishes now I'm using Val- Valkyria Chronicles terminology uh oh that's all I could, like to hear yeah you know. um <laughs> I mean I know you could do that in Fire Emblem 8 I think but yeah but yeah there's there's a lot of cool new features and the uh I, I know that the development team said that the future of the series could be in jeopardy if if they don't like sell it up for that, so they work their asses off, and yep, they, and they uh, made it like the best they could make it, as if it would be their last. So they packed in a ton of content, and there's and then there's uh, like the whole marriage thing, which adds a new layer of gameplay. There's there's teaming up, which adds a new la- layer of gameplay. Like there's just, there's just so many combinations. And mm-hmm. and the series always was pretty deep because I mean that's how SRPGs are. But the the teaming up thing makes it quite a bit deeper. And see, yeah. once uh, once I after I beat hard mode, which I played, that was the first mode I played. Then I went into lunatic mode, which anyone that's familiar with Fire will know that uh, you shouldn't do that if you're a sane person. It's... So <laughs> so I went into that, and it was just like. Lunatic oh requires God. almost perfect strategy and, of course, a lot of luck. Oh, wow, yeah. Wow, that's, that's, that'd be headache. No, like, sure. like the first three chapters in lunatic mode, you have to rely on your uh, your big, uh, your pre-promoted guy, who I think is Frederick? I can't yes. remember. Yep. Yeah, and... Uh, that's, how, that's how lunatic modes or hard modes in the other games are, too. Early on, you kind of have to baby your other units. Um, anyway, this was, this was the first time I actually played Lunatic Mode because I was yeah. just having so much fun with the game in general. Because so I wanted to play it again, and yeah, there's just like 
like I loved all the combinations with the marriages. I loved all the the combinations in battle. I loved. I mean, the story's kind of basic, but that's Fire Emblem. Yeah. Um, uh, the music is good, and you know what? The 3D effect is actually very good if if you play. Really. On. <laughs> There, there's this one stage that that's like where there's a lot of rain. I thought the 3D effect on that was fantastic. It's just like Nintendo they're yeah. developed. They're, they they do some pretty cool things with the 3D. Uh, may not, it may not be my preference to have it on all the time, but you know I tried it out with Fire Emblem and with Zelda, and it, it does it works pretty well. Yeah. No, I, idea idea factory. <laughs> uh, now they always been calling out those game Fire Emblem games. <laughs> I, <laughs> but they're not putting out like, like Agro Intelligent <laughs> Systems. I, that's who I meant. I, I thought so IS, I and that, that meant IF. I don't know. <laughs> that's close. That's but fine. yeah, it's uh, it's a great game. Like, And again, it's streamlined. And one, uh, one major reason for that is you could turn off permadeath. Yes. Yeah, so that's uh, that's a big deal for newcomers to the series, or if you just want to. I think more games. I think more games need options like that that you can change. Oh, um, yeah, you know that will appeal to different people. You know, personally, I would never turn permadeath off. Oh, yeah, you I, know. No, I I, I would assume that. Otherwise, because kind of a big deal. I mean, <laughs> the way I see it, kind of speaking specifically now is, you know, if you have permadeath off, you kind of can do these, like, cheap strategies, like, oh, I'm going to send out a person to kind of distract them for a couple of turns, oh, yeah. and he'll probably die, but who cares? Uh, but you can't really do that with permadeath off, you know, so it just kind of opens up. Like in... It opens yeah. up stra- a couple yeah, of things. you gotta got to be a lot more careful with your uh, baiting strategies when you and got pay to... attention to where enemies respawn and things like that. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Anyways, if I had to say a couple of things now, I, I know without a doubt that Fire Emblem is my favorite series. Now, I only played um, the localized games, all of them, and I played I played the fan translation of Six, which is the one with Roy that was never localized to completion as well, and only parts of the earlier games. I never played those, but even still, Fire Emblem is definitely the series I enjoy most. Um, and now I really, really like Fire Emblem Awakening, but I it's it doesn't uh it it's it doesn't uh surpass my favorite fire emblem titles which are 7 which is called just fire emblem in the in the US and path of radiance for the gamecube yeah and i Gene's fan too yeah I, I, the quickest way i can put it is that um i prefer the titles that have a more chapter by chapter progression and that's a little bit of a thing where a lot of the fire emblem games are different from other srpgs is that um, SRPGs, a lot of them have random battles of some sort where there are story levels, but then there are just other level, other battles you can do as well. And yeah, you, level and, yourself up. Yeah, yeah but uh, earlier Fire Emblem games didn't have that. You basically did a level, then you go straight to the next, you go straight to the next, and there was and the, the, the what that led to is that there was a limited amount of enemies out there. There's a limited amount of EXP, a limited amount of money, and you kind of had to deal with what you got and manage your characters, your yep. levels, and your items uh, in that regard. Both Sacred Stones and Awakening added the map to it, which I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I, I, Fire Emblem Awakening was personally my number two game for the year, so I really liked it, no doubt about it. But I think just the, the world map part of the Fire Emblem series, I don't prefer as much as the chapter-by-chapter uh, basis that the other games had. Understandable. Yeah. Um, the... Anyways, 
like Fire Emblem, what, the thing I really like about the series is it is an SRPG, but it's in some ways it's more much more simple than an SRPG. You really don't have like equipment, and you really don't have like skills that you need to manage or uh, things equipment. like that. Well, I mean, you have like a sword. Uh, yeah, but I mean, when when you take into account magic, there's a lot more depth. Because Maybe, but like really the only the only equipment you worry about is your weapon or your or your whatever magic spell you so, have. So what you're saying is that there's not a whole lot of micromanagement right. in that it's, game. It's it's like pretty this. simple uh, compared to other SRPGs where you might have classes that you can change more regularly. You can ch- do some yeah. class changing in Fire Emblem, but not not as complex as other series. But I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm saying that's a good thing. I, I love other SRPGs, but one thing I like about Fire Emblem is that it kind of takes a little bit of the focus off of this micromanagement and more on the maps, on your character selection and things like that, where you like position your characters, like where that. you position your characters. A lot of uh, SRPGs, you might be able to like build like a, a super character and have him mow down the map. Now I know you can do that in Awakening with characters <laughs> like Donald, oh, but yeah. I think <laughs> I'm gonna write that down. Sorry, just <laughs> uh, he's kind of like losing Donald. He was just too broken. Uh, he was killing everything. That's the best part of those games. Even in Lunatic, he was like killing everything. Yeah, but uh, and that's Sick tactics. It's just fun fighting tactics. You have characters like that. Yep. Yeah, Fire Emblem just kind of has a slightly different feel to it than a lot of SRPGs. Uh, and also, there's a lot of luck to the series as well, both in uh, kind of your hit chances and in terms of level ups and what stats you get. But oh, yeah. I personally really like that. Um, one thing about Fire Emblem, I know some people aren't into this, but I, I love to replay games a lot. And I probably have played Fire Emblem 7 and Path of Radiance and Radiant Dawn probably more than five times each. And oh. Wow. That's, one thing, that's it, great. It's not long, though, isn't it? Radiant Dawn is. Maybe not that one as much. Radiant Dawn is like 30, 40 hours. Oh, um, longer. Eh, maybe, depending. But anyways... I, I like picking different character selections. Like, hmm, last time I, I used this set of characters and they were kind of like my, my main unit. Now I'm going to use this totally different <laughs> set That's and great. approach the maps differently. And I actually even kind of, you know, made a game within a game with some of the earlier games. It doesn't work well with this game with Fire Emblem Awakening. We're like, okay, now I'm going to use only magic people. So I'm just going to use all the magic people and no one else. Kind of put this my own restriction on the game. Uh, and it's it. I know it sounds silly, but it, it you know it can be really fun trying to figure out strategies of how to approach the maps yeah, if you limit yourself challenge. in certain ways. Yeah, it's it's like it's like dungeon crawl. Unfortunately, it's the same kind of thing, I think you know? I think that it kind of leads to why Fire Emblem Awakening is just a little bit lower compared to the other games because it's harder to do that um, with uh, how the characters. <laughs> you can't live in your own fantasy world. Oh, it sucks. <laughs> yeah. Anyways. Uh, and, but otherwise, it did add a lot of things like the pairing system, which I wasn't my favorite system in the world, but you know where it kind of adds a lot of these elements to the game that you have to kind of keep on top of. Where the other, where earlier games in the series, you more had like individual characters kind of working by themselves. Now there were supports between them, but uh, not as not nearly as uh, involved as the pairing system was to how that how those uh, basically. Uh, bonus, added a bonus to each character as you use them, kind of as a single unit almost. But yeah, Fire Emblem Awakening it doesn't really do anything poorly. It you know it has a lot of great maps. Um, maybe uh, it had great writing. Uh, a lot of there's support conversations, which it's it's only a kind of a minor part. Uh, I mean, it's not the main focus of the game, but it really fleshes out some of the characters and their personalities. I love the support um, conversations. Really yeah, I think that's what I've heard a lot of people. That's like one of their favorite things because yeah. it develops them so well. Like especially like the relationships, uh, like actual relationships you have. And 
that sometimes, sometimes uh, I don't know if Fire Emblem Awakening does this as well as like Fire Emblem 7 did, but you don't actually figure out much about a character and their history uh, in the story. You figure that out in the support conversations, so you really um, don't get to see, you don't, you don't really get to know the characters, and you read all these support conversations, and it, that, that's basically how the character building is done in these games, and that's why a lot of people really um, and that's, that's, of course, one big thing that Fire Emblem does differently than other SRPGs where, you know, you have your story scenes, but that's about it. Where you go, yeah. That's supports. Getting supports are a lot easier in Awakening than the rest of the series. Right. In, in uh, what, in Fire Emblem 7, you had to stand right next to each other. Oh, yeah, like, for like 50 turns or something. Which would never happen unless you were forcing it. Oh, yeah. But Awakening <laughs> is just basically if they go on a map at the same time. So yeah. Very- oh, that sounds way better yeah. than like some of the other things, like especially like a Disgaea, where it's like you have to kind of like work together a lot. It's like you have to be next to each other. You have to do skills together and stuff like that to build your relationship. That sounds a little more beneficial and not have to deal with that as much. So yeah. I can see what that can be kind of cool. Yeah, and, uh, like, I think the Fire Emblem games with the best stories are the Path of Radiance, Radiant Dawn, that that duology. Um, but Fire Emblem Awakening story, while it isn't, like, fantastic and it's not anything, you know, you know, amazing, I think, it, you know, it's serviceable and does a good job and keeps you interested enough um, yeah. without boring you or without insulting you, I think. Uh, so... And that's why it's our RPG of the year. It's serviceable. <laughs> no, I was just talking about, I was, I was talking about the narrative part of it. You know, oh, that's, yeah, probably, sure. that's probably one of the weaker parts of the game, if I had to pick one. But I guess what I'm just pointing out here is that the the game did a lot of things very well. And even the things it didn't do quite as well, it did well enough. And it's that's, it's got the game's gotten a lot of praise, and I think yeah. rightfully so. I know I've compared it a lot to the earlier games, just because it's my favorite series. I have a hard time not talking about them, but it's... I think we'll be seeing. I think it's safe to say we'll be seeing another title, and it'll probably share some similarities with this, with how successful it's been. Yeah, SMTX uh, Fire Emblem. Which there you go. You know, nothing about. <laughs> yeah, that's it's the funny thing. I, I I so one of the Shimagami Tensei games, like early ones, a spinoff was a um, strategy RPG, yep. which was compared a lot to Fire Emblem, and so seeing something like this coming out and kind of put a new perspective when I learned more about that game, I was like. Oh, really? So it started off with competition between the two. So working together, it's like, hey, this has worked before. Let's see. I'm looking forward to what a modern one looks like. So that would be kind of cool. I think it is kind of weird how they made it SMT and not Persona, especially considering, like, the first two SMT games were never officially released, but we'll be referencing them. So <laughs> They'll change it for the West. It'll be <laughs> Pyro versus Persona. That's, I, I just wonder what that means. Like, are they teaming up? Or are they fighting against each other? Is it like some universe crossover? Just, oh, that'd be kind of weird. Just thinking about it. But yes, all we have is a picture. That's all we got. Yep. So that's, we'll hopefully get to hear more about that in the future Nintendo Direct soon. But that's like that and X and all these games. It's like the RPGs that are actually supposed to come for them, the consoles. It's like, don't know much. But that's, you know, something to look forward to. Um, so yeah, then, so like, there was Fire Emblem Awakening, of course. Nino Kuni, as I said before, is a runner-up. So we got that out of the way now. Uh, not to dwell too much on it, um, because I want to move on to 2014 RPGs, which we'll talk a little bit about too. Um, like just just off your top, um, number one game of the year for you guys for RPG. Go ahead, David. Uh, Fire Emblem. 
Uh, well, we just talked about that. Yeah, so. Yeah. Okay, like I said, um, my... You said number yeah, two. Yeah, my number two. My number one was Shin Megami Tensei IV. Uh, I'm a big fan of that series as well. Um, and I already kind of gave some of my qualms about the newest Fire Emblem, which I, while I still really like the game, just kind of bumped it off the number one spot. So Shin Megami Tensei IV, it didn't win any awards on RPG site, sadly. Um, but it had a... I, it had a very high ceiling of expectation following uh, Shimagami Tensei Nocturne, and it honestly probably had never it never had a chance to reach those expectations because Nocturne is such a is such an amazing game in itself. Um, so it had a it had a high bar to cross, and it it didn't cross it. But I think it did some it did some things uh, really well. I I love the demon fusing, the demon building. It's kind of like a Pokemon system uh, with the collecting aspect of it and training monsters only with a lot more twists and turns to it, uh, how you uh, can fuse a team, keep it balanced, uh, upgrade your demons as you play, keep, you, you have to make sure you keep your elements covered and uh, your buffs and your debuffs and your healing and uh, kind of keeping track of all those things as you go through it is just something that I enjoy doing. Um, it's got a really kind of fast-paced, uh, turn-based battle system. It added a couple of things like the smirking system, which is basically critical hit, <laughs> it, it, uh, yeah. that kind of broke some things in terms of difficulty, made things a little easy if you needed it to be. Um, and it made a couple of other changes to make the game more friendly, such as like saving anywhere. Uh, you can pick your abilities after you fuse. In Nocturne, when you fuse the demon, you really didn't have much control over what abilities it retained. So that that makes things easier. Uh, if your main character is allowed to die, in other SMT games it can't. So it it, it did add a lot of these things to make the games uh, uh, more friendly. Like I said, um, which I don't think I don't think is a negative thing. But anyways, just kind of that collecting and managing aspect of the demons is something that I really enjoyed a lot. It wasn't as strong narratively uh, as some of the other games, but to be honest, I don't value that part of the game too much, anyways. <laughs> But so that was my that was my number one RPG, even though even though it didn't surpass all expectations. Yeah, well, it's personal personal number one, you know. Mm-hmm. It's and I I I really want to play Shin Megami Tensei four. Um, so that's 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 definitely on my list to play. For me personally, it's that um, definitely Nino Kuni. Um, I, I already mentioned how much I fell in love with that game and how s- still I can't. I believe how much fun I had with that game and how involved I got. It's like I don't give a crap about Pokemon, but I do really enjoy Nidokuni. Um, and I was talking about how I was doing all these quests, stuff like that. It's about the closest I've gotten to a platinum. I've never gotten a platinum trophy before, but it's about the closest, and I do plan on going back and getting that. So a lot of that, although um, last month they did uh, put out a patch for Valkyria Chronicles 3, which I've been spending a lot of time with, um, and it's pretty much been completely absorbed in my brain lately, uh, just completely getting involved in that. They, If you guys didn't know, they released an English patch for that game, so now if you um, you can buy the game and then install that patch and be able to play it, there's a lot of instructions how to do it. But, um, like, I bought my copy off the Japanese PSN, which was, like, $10. Bucks. Um, it was on sale for a while. I think it still is, if I'm not mistaken. I think you can still get it for around that much. But I downloaded it, installed it, and I've already expressed how in love I am with the series itself. But with Valkyria Chronicles 3, I've 
completely fell in love with the characters. The main character is probably one of the best main characters in a long time I've seen. Uh, he's so well developed. He's such a strong figure in that game that you know it's like he. You can already tell how reliable he is in that um, trying to lead his squad uh, through battle. And so tra- seeing a character like that, it's it's really hard not to. And it, you know, like with any strategy RPG, um, you become attached to certain characters um, in that group that you want to focus on and um, build up and stuff like that. And that's pretty much kind of um, descriptive about how big I've been into strategy RPGs and dungeon crawlers. Like, I've, I've this past generation, at least latent generation, I've found a renowned love for those genres. And so it's like that's my completely focused out. And so I'm, I'm very happy that I've been able to get the chance to play those games. And I can only hope, of course, that Sega won't ignore the series and, you know, we'll release another one and hopefully in the West as well. So. Yeah, Valkyria Chronicles yeah, is definitely, in terms of, like, a new face of RPGs, it's got a battle system that's unlike really anything else um, out there. Yeah, and, a lot of fun. Yeah, it's and a it's, lot of it's, fun. it's really fun. It's, it's kind of got, like, the, you know, the, the strategic elements... You know, you have to plan out what characters go where and what they're going to be doing. But, of course, it has, and usually, and it has yeah. uh, some of the real-time, you know, or pseudo-real-time elements as well, um, making sure you can do things, you know, efficiently with how much your movement bar, whatever they call it. Yeah, so I, I played the first two games, and I, I, I really, really like both of them to, to varying extents. So the third one I might check out if I ever get you know, it. I got it on you my PC, just waiting to do other stuff before starting it. It's 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 an amazing experience, and like you said, it's like with the Valkyria Chronicles, it's great. Like using the environment to um, like hide behind certain objects and to take uh, advantage of that, and so and you know all these different types of um, classes and things like that that you can take to your advantage, and just how overpowered you can be in that game. But you know, there's still a lot of ways to um, encourage challenge in that title, and so it's it's very exciting. You, I would love to see what new things they can do, and you know, there's titles coming out soon that are inspired by that, like Natural mm-hmm. Doctrines coming out later. That's the only reason why I have any interest in that game is like, oh, it's yeah. supposed to be like Valkyria in some ways? <laughs> yeah, I'm you interested. can move around. It's like real time. It's like, yeah, the, the environment is destructible and stuff like that. It's like, yeah, I want to... Uh, that's kind of like the logical next step in Valkyria Chronicles is destructible environments and stuff like that. It's like, what can they do to um, take that thing to the next level? So it's... Uh, but obviously it's not going to replace... Valkyrie Chronicles 4, and you want that, and so, um, but, yeah, let's, let's go ahead and um, quickly move into, then, um, 2014 RPGs. Now, by the time this comes up, I hope to have close to, if not completed, uh, this giant list I, we've, I've been working on of all the 2014 RPGs coming out. Currently, the list stands at 103. Yeah. And so there's a lot of stuff coming out, so I kind of want to hear from you guys the games that you're most excited for. Um, don't feel like there's a limit, but, like, for example, um, David, um, what RPGs are you looking forward to this uh, year? Let's see. I mean, I real, I, I, I want to play Final Fantasy X and X2 HD because, I mean, uh, of course always... Time. You want to go back to like ten years ago? You don't want to look forward to the I future. Want to go you back to ten years back. ago? Where yeah. we've it? never seen. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's look at what else. Uh, it's like all these games, and you look at towards the remaster. Yes, yeah, uh, Child of Light. I'm curious about. That one's uh, really interesting. It's 
in yeah. the movie. Yeah, Ubisoft. It's and he cares. Like you read his interviews, he cares about what he's doing. Yeah. You know, it's got their what are, I forget what they call their engine, like their creative engine, anyways. But it's you know, it's got that side scroller you know aspect to it. The battle system actually reminds me a lot of Grandia, like this timing yeah. aspect of if you you have you know an, kind of like a, an ATB bar like Final yeah. Fantasy only at the time your attacks yeah. and if you if you time them well you can interrupt attacks and things like that so it's kind of just a, a small twist on turn based system that's really interesting so that's 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 a very interesting yeah. game I think and it's it's coming out on like everything uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like all the consoles Wii U and PC and everything it looks yeah, as you said it's using it's using the same engine that like Raymond Origins used I think it's called like Ubi Art yeah, or something yeah, like something that. Like it's, that. It's, yeah, it's it's like that engine um, looks amazing, and I, I can't wait to see what it's gonna look like on the um, you know on the on the big screen as well. I mean, obviously small screen. It's, I'm sure it's a game to take with you. Of course. I'm trying to think what else. Uh, South Park Stick of Truth. I'm excited for it. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Although I, I've heard a rumor that it might be delayed again. Are you but serious? That's, that's I, I, I I I'm looking on Twitter right now. Yeah, I see some people talking about it. Obsidian, not not. <laughs> It's, coming, it's coming dated for February, right? And I don't know. I was like, that's pretty soon. Oh, it's, March. it's March. It's March. It's March. I, I think it's March 11th or March 10th. Same like all the other games. Oh, yeah. whatever. Lots uh, of we'll games go. coming out in the next couple of months. Bravely Default, I'm really excited for. Yes. I, I recently completed uh, Final Fantasy V for the first time, and I really, really enjoyed it. As in, it's probably, if not, if it's not my number one Final Fantasy title, it's my number two. It's, I enjoyed it a lot. And playing the Bravely Default demo, it's definitely kind of, Feels very similar to that uh, with the job system. Only just it's even it's expanded even more now with how you can mix and match things, and it looks really uh, it has really it has a great soundtrack. I think it looks pretty uh, pretty. It's got that nice style. You know, it's not the greatest graphics on the 3DS, but it's it it's Matrix Software yeah. graphics. Is that it? <laughs> it's got that. It, it's definitely uh, I'm definitely looking forward to that, and that comes out in about a week oh, yeah. in the U.S. Europeans have had it for a while yet. <laughs> Yeah, this, they've been they've they've been enjoying it for quite some time. Oh. But though uh, it's it helps a little bit, you know what you're getting into. I oh yeah. yeah, trying to think well, what else is coming out this year. I can't remember. There's uh, quite a there's um, quite a few uh, Vita games coming out. Yeah, uh, they yeah, just announced Mind Zero. I'm they I'm just announced Mind that. Zero, which is kind of like a Persona, yeah. almost a Persona yeah. uh, copycat. Uh, um, there, there's uh, Tokiden. Uh, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly. That, that kind yeah, of, it's, yeah, is that an that's, action game? That's, though? that's kind of an action yeah, game. I don't know. That, that's when you get into that. Is that an RPG or not? But uh, <laughs> it, it's no, it's totally an RPG. It's like you, you can customize your character, and there's like a lot of stuff you can acquire. And that and, comes out. It's it's very. It's that comes very out good. roughly around the same time Bravely Default does. You know, you know early February. Yep, um, well, really cool. Uh, that I don't know if it's coming out or not. Over my dead body. I've heard a lot about that. I don't know. Is that coming out in America or not? I don't think it's. Coming I out. don't think they. Oh. Yeah, but you know, it's it's popular. There's there's right. that uh, Conception Two game, which yeah. is really yeah. kind of odd. It's coming out on Vita and 3DS, but it's surprising uh, that it was announced. But it's, yeah, but, I heard uh, the first one people. was really good, but not uh, the second one. I, so well, I've heard, it's got a, it's heard, got a very uh, let's just say interesting premise. Like you yeah. meet you meet you, characters, these uh, female characters, and you. Get to know them, and you make star children, and yep, you, yes. they fight for you, and you can somehow like customize them in some ways. It's, it's you're you're basically creating your party from your offspring, yeah. so it's 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 kind of hence the name. Yes. It's a good premise, exactly. Yeah, it's, but there's a lot of there's a couple of these uh, these kind of niche uh, beta titles coming out. Um, 
Yeah, Demon Gaze is coming out, and I'm really excited mm-hmm. for Demon Gaze because it got received well for what it was. I mean, that game, apparently their target was like 10,000 units, and it sold 100,000 oh, units in Japan. So yeah. it's it sold extremely well, but it's also because, you know, it's a dungeon crawler, and um, aside from that, I think it might be one of the few. It's Well, as, as far as from Japan, I mean, um, obviously you got Legend of Grimrock 2 coming out too, but um, Demon Gaze, I'm really interested about that because it's got so many different characters in that game like it's it's all about the variety and so I'm excited for that. I think that's it for me. <laughs> I, well, there's, I, a, there's a couple of big screen RPGs coming out as well, both western and Japanese. Um, yeah. I'm really interested in The Witcher 3, which is it's yes. kind of become one of the big yes, western yes. RPG series. <laughs> um, so it looks, I mean, first of all, it looks spectacular from what we've seen so far uh, and it's, you know, it's got. Can't wait. It's yeah. That's, I'm definitely looking forward to it. It looks great. Um, definitely feels different from all the Japanese RPGs we've been talking about. Uh, well, and and, and I'll admit that the focus is that the the problems they had with Skyrim was that it was a big world, but it was kind of empty yeah. or it was a lot of semi. But their focus is on making a very deep world where a lot everything's going on at once, and you can do all these different things and how. Uh, the main story and the side story blend together so well that you can't even tell the two apart. Right. So exactly. that's that's I'm excited to see how developed that. And kind of games sure. on a similar note, there's there's the new Dragon Age, which uh, yeah. I haven't played either of the first two Dragon Ages, so I don't have any context here. But I know the second game was considered to be a bit disappointing. So this is yeah. I know I know it's, Bioware has kind of been you know. They've been they 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 realize this and they're trying to you know turn it around. So they, it seems like they're putting a lot of effort into it. Um, yeah. So I, I have some interest in it, but uh, there's that game coming out. There's Dark Souls 2, which is obviously Japanese, but it kind of shares a similar aesthetic in some ways. Um, yeah. Uh, I've, I I'm definitely going to buy. That's the first one I'm going to actually get into a Souls game. Is Dark Souls? Yeah. Sure. Dark Souls 2. I know they they there were some comments early on that they said they were going to try to make it more accessible. And then they they kind of backed down off of that because got a little bit of a reaction they didn't want. Uh, but I'm sure you know I'm sure that if you enjoyed everyone's everyone everyone who's played that game um, who's who's really been seeing that game is talking about how it's hard. It's still very hard. Well, yeah, <laughs> so. you, it's it's the, the dark the, the Souls games from what I played. You kind of have to go around each corner, kind of you know. <laughs> Course. You have to go around. You have to kind of be thinking and on your toes the whole time because you never know when there's going to be some sort of ambush or enemy that you're that's going to just you know wipe you out like in a second. It's so uh, yeah. In terms of big screen Japanese RPGs, I know relatively early on we have a couple of remasters in Final Fantasy. There's also Tales of Symphonia, but there's also yes. uh, there's also oh, yeah, Zillia uh, too. Yeah, there, yeah. There's yeah, I totally forgot about that. I'm there's Exilia Two, which will probably come out sometime in the summer. You think it's going to be like August, like the probably. first one? That's that's my yeah, guess. With Symphonia yeah. and and Dark Souls Two coming for, out from that publisher early, that one is going to be later. Oh, and Kingdom Hearts Two Point yeah. Five, of course, coming out later in probably September. And there's <laughs> October. Yeah, and then there's Atelier, um, Etcha and Lodgy, which Etcha and Lodgy. How do you pronounce it? Yeah, that's what's driving yeah. them, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's yeah about all that, but yeah, definitely. Um, very excited for that game. Uh, we'll have a review for that. And Tokyo Den, by the way, we'll have reviews for those. So, so there's kind of a lot coming out for everything, um, for everybody, and there's a lot of indie games as well. 
a lot. Yeah, and it's, Cosmic Star, it's amazing. Cosmic Star Heroin yeah. from uh, Z-Boy Games yeah. is yeah, probably what I'm really interested in. Uh, there's Transistor from uh, from uh, Supergiant Games, which is kind yes. of an RPG, kind of not, from the, that's the Bastion developers. Yep, um, but it's yeah, and I got to play the demo of it at E three last year, and that it was looks amazing. it was it was amazing how like you walk into it, people expecting like oh this is just Bastion two, it's not, but no, they did a lot of crazy things with it, like how um, at one point you can stop the action, you can move like a cursor around and decide okay, I want you to go over here, attack this person, I want you to stop in this corner while this uh, turret is firing down here, and then after that, run over here, attack it as well um, from long range, and then destroy this enemy that's hiding behind this bunker over here. And then you just hit a button, and then it all plays out in front of you. So it's it looks really cool, and the, the art style is great, and it's got a lot of um, the same voice of the person as you did the... Um, the narrator in Bastion is the sword and transistor, so that's it's still got that crazy like contextual uh, narration that people liked. So, um, and then you got uh, Hyperlight Drifter, which blew people away when that thing showed up on Kickstarter. That amazing looking fluid yep. um, sprite based kind of game, pixelated. So that looks great. Chasm looks amazing. Um, I've been looking a lot of like that. Chaos Reborn looks great. Um, and uh, the guy who made XCOM is making Chaos Reborn, so and it's based off of the uh, the ZX Spectrum game that came out a long time ago. So that's that that'll be exciting to see. Um, yeah, just this just a lot of variety, and you know MMOs, a lot of them coming out this year. I mean, I, I want to also mention Dragon Guard Three, which I'm very excited about. It's coming out this year. So and Trails in the Sky, second chapter is coming. I'm out. really looking forward um, to Trails in the Sky. I want to replay. I want to replay the first one whenever it releases on Steam and get that one because it's. A direct sequel, literally. <laughs> the first one, the first game yeah. ends on a cliffhanger. Uh, oh, and it picks up right off. And right. I, oh man, I gotta go back. So yeah, there's that, and then you got MMOs like Kingdom of Fire Two. Hopefully, it comes out this year, which I've been really excited to play. And Blast, and hopefully, Fantasy Star Online Two finally and maybe comes out. X. Maybe, maybe X. Yes, maybe X. You hope to see come out this Xenoblade, year. Xenoblade, you know, developers, Monolith Soft. You know, Xenoblade did a lot of things right, a couple things wrong. But X, from what we've seen, which we haven't seen from it, we haven't seen anything from it in a while. So you're kind of, you're, it's kind of this, amusing. This like last year, yeah. What, when are we going to see something next, and when are we going to hear more about it? Because it's, it's kind of been a while since it's been announced. Now, you know. Yeah, there was a, there was that uh, short trailer at e, around E3 last year that they showed off mm-hmm. like some of the more gameplay, like you know the max and stuff like that. And it's like people kind of. Um, wondering if that's going to be just a, an open world single player game like Xenoblade, or is it going to be an like an online multiplayer game? Yeah, some of the some of the screenshots I know showed like chat boxes like an MMO, um, but it, well, might, it might be more like uh, Monster Hunter in some with that online sense where you, it's asynchronous. It's going to be it's going to be like Need for Speed. It's got social media and stuff like that. But no, it's I, I hope it's. White Knight Chronicles had some of that too. Yeah. It had like chat box stuff like that, like scrolling, like showing you. And um, who knows what that's going to be? I hope hope we learn more. I really want to know more about the game. Yeah, but kind of in, t- in typical Nintendo fashion, uh, they kind of go on radio silence for a while. But we'll we'll hear something. It'll about they'll it. talk about it again when it's going to be out in a couple right. months. Later. Yeah, probably at E three. Probably they don't all. Yeah, uh, um, they did say they're going to come back to E three. I'm, I'm I'm sure Nintendo is actually going to have a conference again this year, like a proper press conference, not That'll a be nice. small press I think, area. I think in the latest listings, X was still listed as a 2014 title, 
Yeah, but so, those well, listings yeah. don't mean anything. I mean, they're. I mean, yeah, it's it's. Okay. it's it's not set in stone, but I think... They, they had Kirby on those moment. listings for, like, years. Yeah. <laughs> and that didn't come out until, like, 2010 or something. Well, like, Mass Attack? Oh, I, also, I also hope, by the way, that, speaking of which, that Freedom Wars comes out here, too, because that, that's, like, Sony Japan's next big project. Um, so I want to I wanna play Freedom Wars for sure, and, and deep down, but that's... Who knows what that's going to be like. So. Yeah. Yeah, and so... Um, and obviously, we got these new consoles. I want to see some damn RPGs on these new consoles. Nice. You know, it's it's very it's very obviously you're not supposed to hear about that stuff for like another year or two. The ones you want to play, play like PlayStation Three, it took a few years, but it's like guys, they said it's easy to develop for. I want to see like at least something showing up. I want to see the next Tales game. I want to see more than just Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts. I want to see a lot more than Tales that, of Zesty is going on. So. Zestiria, as it were. Zestiria. You gotta have the IA at the end because that's how you know it's a proper Tales game. Um, yeah, that, 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 that for sure. And so, well, hopefully we hear a lot more. You got, um, GDC, which they are planning some announcements for. They did say, Sony was saying something about how they, um, have something that people are gonna be excited for, which the rumor is that the PlayStation 4 is gonna support PlayStation 1 and 2 games to be just, you can pop the disc in, and then it apparently has got a built-in emulator that upscales things like um, you expect, like the PlayStation 3 used to do, um, but also like the Vita TV, but then you, later on, you got E3, you know, Gamescom, TGS, you can go down the list of all the shows coming up, so, yeah, I hope so. Yeah, it'd be nice. Yeah, um, so, obviously a giant year, like I said, um, we'll have this list uh, up on the site this weekend, and so, um, like I said, put a lot of work into it, but it'll have all the RPGs, and so I hope, I, I'm very much looking forward to what you guys uh, out there are looking forward to as well, so definitely share it with us um, on Twitter or on our site. So, in the meantime, um, we also kind of played off of it that the new version of the site has been up this year, so uh, check it out, um, put a lot of work into it, so it's, it's, it's great to see how amazing it looks now, especially with, like, some of the longer pieces we've done. And, of course, we hired a new video editor, so check out our YouTube channel, um, YouTube slash, youtube.com slash RPG site net. Um, Justin's been doing some amazing work on there, like, just this past, um, this will go up on February 1st, but uh, uh, I should say, like, a couple, years, a couple days before today is when you're hearing this, is he put up a review for Sweet Home, which is a survival horror RPG that inspired Resident Evil. Resident Evil is actually supposed to be a remake of Sweet Home, but it became something else. But there's still a lot of stuff in there. It's got like, the mansions in there, the puzzles, the crazy like um, equipment and stuff like that you used. A lot of the looking at like an object and trying to manipulate it. All kinds of stuff is in that game. So check it out. He put a lot of work into it, so I want to make sure that you guys... Um, take a look at it as well. It's funny. It's fun. It's just nice to. It's a good watch. Um, but yeah. Um, so with that, uh, we'll just go ahead and bring this to a close. Oh, wait, hold on a second. Um, I, I gotta oh. say something. Oh yes. Let me. I, I just <laughs> got a shameless okay. plug myself for a second. I just. Uh, I just published a book recently. It's called Freeze Kill. It's about a serial killer that can stop time. Go buy it. It's good. I've been told. How do I buy it? Go, go to Amazon.com, type in Freeze Kill, and then buy it. <laughs> no matter what comes up. Yeah, no matter what comes up, just you. buy it. So you probably put your name in there, too, like Freeze Kill David? Yeah, this is Freeze Kill David Kreinberg, 
by read. Is it physical or Kindle? Uh, it, it's or? only only Kindle for now. It's it's only oh. only an ebook. Yeah. Everyone's buying Kindle now. Yeah, I'll I'll get a yeah. physical copy out eventually. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> people, I, I know more people have Kindle now. So yeah, definitely check out his book. It's um, I actually uh, had the page open like um, yesterday, so I'll probably be buying myself a copy too because I want to check it out. Yeah, I definitely want to. I, mean, I want to read what you put down, okay. David. You're a smart That's very guy. Very nice of you. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you don't need a Kindle. You can just read it on your computer. Absolutely, they do. They do let you do that. All right, I'll, I'll shut up about that for now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, great. So, um, yep. Uh, obviously, a big February is going to be a big month. So, um, our next podcast, that. yeah, Lightning Returns, it'll be out. Oh, um, Toki Dun, Toki Din will be out um, this month. Yeah, there's a lot. Default will be out. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? The- Tell us, Symphonia is supposed to come out this month. Is that right? Yeah, oh, at what? the very end. Yeah, at the very end. So, probably if we do talk about it, maybe not a lot, but. Hopefully, you should have something on that. Um, but, yeah, and then, obviously, screen's just huge. So, check out that. Um, but in the meantime, I'd like to thank, of course, David and Adam for joining me. Thanks a lot, guys. You're welcome, Zach. All right, yeah. So, um, and with that, we'll end this TetraCast. Um, thanks to, thank you, everyone, for joining us, and catch us next time on the next edition. Bye, everybody.